Turn to the second Corinthian letter, please, beginning with verse 7 of this uh, letter, second Corinthian letter. The apostle Paul said, For we walk by faith and not by sight. And uh, he's talking about, even at the beginning of that chapter, about us being, our body being dissolved and being with God. And our mortality uh, being swallowed up in life at the end of our life. Uh, and that we would be in person with God, with Christ. The ninth verse said, Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. And uh, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in the body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. And he says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God. And I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that we may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for, cause, for your cause. And then the 14th verse, For the love of Christ constraineth us, or it compels us, it drives us, it is a driving force. Because we thus judge that if we, if one died for all, then we're all dead. If one died for all, then we're all dead. You ever think about yourself being dead? You're dead without Christ. You're dead without Christ. And that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Now remember verse 7 said, We walk with faith and not with sight. We can't see Jesus. We can't feel him. We can't taste him. But we can hear him through the word of God by faith. And he's saying here that we were all dead. And he died that we might all be alive. And uh, number 16 says, Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh. Yet now henceforth know we him no more. You don't know Christ after the flesh anymore. You know him by faith and you know him by the Spirit. You know that he hasn't changed since he created the world. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now the 17th verse, I want to be the theme of our lesson this morning is, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, 
He is a new creature. He is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. They are new. And these are the ones that walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus died because we were all dead. Jesus lives because he wants us to live. And if we're in Christ, we are living. We're living by faith. We have a living relationship with him. The challenge is, this morning, is Christ in you? Colossians 1, 27, he's the hope of glory. He's the hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. I want you to look at that 18th verse. All things are of God who hath reconciled. That word comes from three words in our basic English or Latin words, re, again, con, with, sil, live. It's just to live again with God. He made it possible that we could live again with God. And if we're in Christ, we're living again with God, but we're living by faith, and a lot of people forget that. And when we walk off course, it is because we lack faith and we lose faith. We only touch with Christ by faith. We only believe that he is the one who created the worlds and everything therein and came to heaven, from heaven and showed us how God acts and how he really uh, expects us to act. Now, Paul that wrote this was an enemy of Jesus Christ. He was a schooled, trained, disciplined Jew. And for 10 years, approximately, there wasn't anything that turned him off more than for people to say Christ was Messiah. He knew that he was right. He knew the Old Testament scriptures were true. He knew that Jesus of Nazareth was an upstart who didn't know anything, hadn't been to school, hadn't learned, and that he was a hoax, and that everything that he did and everything they said was wrong. And to show it, he went from city to city, causing people who believed in him as the Messiah to be stoned or to be put to death. But one day, one day, about ten years after he had spent that much time, Jesus recorded and had recorded in chapter 9 of Acts, in chapter 22 of Acts, in chapter 26 of Acts, his conversion. And it is a dynamic way of teaching us how people who are so set in their ways against God's way that they can be wrong. 
And as you read chapter 9 and chapter 22 and chapter 26, and you see Paul, see Luke, giving us the record, showing us what a struggle went on between Paul and this old world and this old thinking that he was right. He lived in good conscience before God, he said, until that day. But Jesus said, Paul, why? Why? Why are you kicking against the pricks? Well, I thought I was doing the will of God. I thought I was right. He said, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. I am the Messiah. He believed him, and he said, well, if I'm wrong, then what should I do? He said, just listen to the scriptures. Just listen to preachers. Just listen to the theme of the Old Testament. Just open your mind and listen. You go into a city and there's a gospel preacher that's going to tell you what to do. And he did. In the meantime, he was praying. He was convicted. He was convicted that he was wrong and that Christ was the one who was reigning and Christ was the one that the prophets had said he was. And he thought surely that he wasn't. And after three days and three nights praying, a gospel preacher came to him, Ananias, and said, well, what, why, why do you wait around? What is he waiting around? What did he mean, wait around? Why do you tarry? Why are you waiting? What do you mean? Well, he needs to be reconciled to God. He needs to live with Christ. Christ is, is available. Christ, he can have a relationship with him. He can put him on. He can invite him into his life. He can have him as a spiritual host. He can have his spirit. He can have his person. And the preacher said, well, just arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. Now, calling on the name of the Lord is acknowledging that that's Jesus speaking through that prophet and through that teacher. Just accepting what I'm telling you. And that's what Jesus said when he left this old earth and was going back to heaven. He said, just go tell everybody, everybody in the world, the whole creation, every creature, tell them that if you believe I am come from God, I am the Son of God, that I came to deliver my people, and the people who believe it and be baptized can be saved. And that's what Jesus had already said. And Paul, it was too simple. But it's that simple. And he spent the rest of his life telling people about how to be reconciled to God. You know, it's a difficult thing for us to understand that Jesus came from God 
and that through the Virgin Mary he was put through a cycle of the flesh, still becoming, still being the God who created the earth. And for 33 years he was put through the cycle of the flesh because we were dead in the flesh. And he came here to teach us that it's not all of life to live, it's not all of death to die, but that there is something else besides that. That the devil, the old deceiver, is the one who has chased man out of the presence of God and away from his spiritual habitat where he should dwell. And he came and he said, as this Paul is explaining here, everybody was dead until Christ came. And when Christ came and he lived, and everywhere he turned, people denied him. They planned to crucify him because they were so tied up in their legalistic doctrine of keeping the Old Testament they couldn't see Christ. All they could see was the Sabbath and doing something that they thought God wanted done. And when Jesus healed and cured people and gave people life because he is life, it contradicted their little legalistic system. Even though the legalistic system was to keep them on target so that Christ could unfold and fulfill the legal system as the one who was life. And what he says here in this, he says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of making people live a reconciliation with God. How do you do that? Why, well, he said, God was in Christ. The greatest paradox known to man was that righteousness was in flesh. And flesh had to die. And he became sin to us and all the stripes and all the sins and all the wilderness and all the rebellion against God was placed upon him that he could show that God was willing to place it all on him, the perfect sacrifice, and God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their sins unto them, and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, live again with God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who know, knew no sin, 
that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. The message, the theme, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. We're made the righteousness of God in Christ, not by our works, not because of what we do, not because of what we do in baptism, not because of what we do when we confess Jesus as Christ, not because of what we do when we repent of our sins. All of that's necessary, but because what God did through Christ when he accepted his sacrifice for our sins, and when we accept it in the event of the cross, when he shed his blood, the event of the cross is portrayed in the event of baptism when we take part of his death. And when we rise to walk in a new life, according to Romans, the sixth chapter, Paul just explains it that way. Now, when you do that, you know what you do? You have a new life. You have Christ. You know the reason Christian doesn't curse? You know the reason why a Christian doesn't hate? You know the reason why a Christian doesn't drink and get drunk? Do you know the reason why a Christian doesn't commit adultery and cheat and steal? It's because he's the righteousness of God by the blood of Christ. And because he believes with all of his heart that he's righteous, that he's saved, that he is heaven-bound because of the blood of Christ, and he's acknowledged it, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. You know the reason why Christians don't live with faith and trust in God in times of despair, discomfort? It's because they don't believe that Christ, that they're the righteousness of God. Regardless of your sins, regardless of what you've done, it has been lifted and you've been given a new, you're a new creature in Christ. Now when you believe that, you're on your way to eternity. And he's promised to be with you always, even to the end of the world. Brethren, we need to pray to God to give us a view of the reconciliation, the living again with God and Christ. It's a wonderful experience. And when it's that way, you are bound to live like Christ. It's with his strength. It's with his mercy. It's with his power that you succeed. You, you, you may be here this morning and you may not have really accepted Christ as a Savior of the world. You may not have emulated his death, burial, and resurrection from your heart. I'm asking you and I'm pleading with you. And he does with these brethren. He says, I plead with you to do that. You can acknowledge him as a Savior. You can acknowledge him by turning away from your way of thinking, and you can be buried with him. And he does the work. He's already done the work. It's for everybody. It's not for us, but it's for everyone who believes in him and obey him and continue to obey him. In the Ephesian letter, 
they had done just what I asked you to do. But did you know that he keeps telling them to keep putting on Christ, to keep putting on Christ, to keep putting on Christ? How do you do that? By faith. Verse 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. We keep putting on Christ. We keep telling the devil to get lost. We keep understanding that we were fooled, that we were deceived, that we were uh, given the wrong story. And God sent his own son in person and put him in the flesh and sanctified the flesh with his own blood that in Christ we are sanctified and we're set apart continuously because we trust in him. There's no faithful Christians who miss services continuously and haphazardly. They're the ones that are struggling. They're the ones that are having problems with this great message. Paul's message and Paul's teaching and Paul's conduct harmonize. And he buffeted his body daily, lest after he had preached what I preached this morning, he could certainly be deceived and cast away. But the sweet walk with Jesus is the walk of faith. He helps you. He's promised to never leave you nor forsake you. The devil just dares you to believe in him. The devil just dares you to have a better uh pulling power in him than in the secularism of the world. But we need to tell him to get lost and get behind me. If you need Jesus, why don't you come to him as we stand together and sing?